You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chris. This show is about our marriage. And our money. husband. Hi. Hello, creepily smiling husband <laughs> sitting across from me. On this episode, we're sharing our new mortgage interest rate, Chris's costly trip to the dentist, and sharing an update on our foundation assessment and answering three listener questions. Lots to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get to it. Okay. Uh, in life lately, most important thing, we both read and finished Harry Potter mm-hmm. and the cursed slash cursed child. Yeah. It took me three days of nighttime reading to finish it. Okay. How about you? It took me two, I think two days. Mm-hmm. I could, I mean, I know some people, you could definitely just finish it in one sitting if you just had the time. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Are we, spoiler alerts or no spoiler um, alerts? Let's, let's keep it non-spoilery. I hate getting spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want anyone to have to turn off the podcast. So <laughs> okay, I, I purposefully read nothing about it. And even I saw some friends start to post about it on Facebook where they would say, oh, I finished it. I thought and I would look away. I, <laughs> I wanted nothing to taint my own judgment of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. So I really liked it. Overall, what was your opinion? Um. Just that I, I mean, I really liked it. And I think, you know, it was, it was so neat to be back with the characters again, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in Hogwarts again, and just that whole world. It did make me feel nostalgic for the books, for reading them for the first time, but it definitely is its own, its own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not an eighth book. It's a screenplay that's very different. So that's the big debate that's roiling right oh, now is, is, is this, so this is the crazy thing. If people are into Harry Potter, like I am, there mm-hmm. is a fandom and the fandom literally re- refers to this all the time, the canon, right? Oh so, yes. Oh my gosh. I was listening for the first time. I started uh, listening to your muggle cast mm-hmm. and yeah. And this one episode I was listening to, I was just trying to listen to something to fall asleep. So I wasn't really paying attention. They used the word canon way too many mm-hmm. times and took themselves a little bit too seriously. This is the fandom. They, I mean, this is like the real deal. So so what is canon? That's can- usually like a religious term, isn't it? I know. That's the funny thing. So <laughs> canon is books one through seven, everything laid out there, and then associated texts <laughs> oh are, are the canon. So they make up like what the true Harry Potter story is. Oh my gosh. And then everything else. Is this going to be the new religion like hundreds of years from now? Oh gosh, I hope not. um but yeah everything else outside of that is either fan fiction or it's like debatable whether whether it's really part of canon or not so that this quote-unquote eighth book is it really is this truly part of the harry potter story or do you consider it something else interesting Hmm. i guess i i'm not so right i i not so black and white i think i'm much more gray about it i mean it does for me continue legitimately continue the story like i am taking what they say are happening to harry ron and hermione as being okay i'm gonna believe that this is you know actually in the world of harry potter really what's happening to the characters yeah but it's a different product than a book you know um 
there aren't all the details because that's what's going to come out in how the actors portray them and in the sets and and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a different experience. But do you want to see it turned into a movie? Uh, actually, yes, I think I do. Okay, here's something. I want to go see the play. I know that that would cost a significant amount of money. Mm -hmm. I was bummed because I didn't realize that they were releasing this big block of tickets um, last week, whenever it was. And I totally would have gotten up early and tried. Yeah. We would have had no chance. It was so crazy. My sister had said she got on like the moment mm -hmm. that the tickets were released. Mm -hmm. And as soon as she signed on, she was thousands and thousands deep. It was crazy. crazy. Oh my gosh. But anyway, but that was through 2017. So there'll be another release for 2018. So we'll see it sometime and that'll be really fun. And yeah, I think just because it is, I mean, just such a cultural phenomenon. It's a story that so many people love and it is limiting to only be able to see it in this theater in yeah. London. And so I, I, I feel like if, you know, if they got the right directors, and which I know that they would, I feel like it would be okay. And would you like to see Dan and Emma and Rupert reprise their roles? Oh, I was like, who are you talking about? Um, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. I'd love it. I would too. I think it'd be awesome. I think I think it would be great, but I also, um, I would be open to to different. I think to different actors too. Uh, see, if they did a movie, I would not be. You would I not mean, be. Well, I'd live with it and I'd enjoy it, but yeah. I. That's where I guess that's where I feel kind of more pious is okay. I'd like to see the, the same faces to have right, the, right. have some kind of continuity for I the see. story across all. That, I mean, episodes. obviously, that would be ideal. That yeah. would be ideal. Yeah. But by the way, there's a great funnier die clip with Dan. What's his name? Last name? Harry Potter. Dan. Dan, who plays Harry oh, Potter? Radcliffe. Yeah, Dan Radcliffe. Um, there's a great funnier die clip with him. He's like he's sitting on a couch being interviewed, and he's talking about how he's like, you know, I realized during the filming that that. I actually am Harry Potter. And Dan is a great character to play. Don't get me wrong, but but you know, I am Harry. And then they go through the, the whole thing. That's it's so hilarious. Funny. They're so funny. I know. So anyway, that that was a fun, that was definitely a fun part of our week last week. Yeah. Um, just reading that and getting into that. Not so fun was my morning. This morning. I went in, yeah. I went just for the, a cleaning, right? Just for to a the cleaning dentist. to the dentist at 8 a.m. this morning. I walked out at 11.30 from the dentist with not just a cleaning, but a new hole in my head filled with porcelain mm. because I had a cavity that had been filled in the past um, and the filling went bad and I had to get, it was Ugh. like a quasi crown, I guess. So it was $600. That after after insurance and after me arguing it down from 800 to mm. get this done because it was a complicated filling. And then another $100 for... Um, Mouth guard. Uh, mouth guard. <laughs> <laughs> so I will be a super sexy, slurring, slobbery mess every single night for the rest of our lives. Mm, great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, $700 later. Um, Do you think you should have gotten a second opinion? I'm like so skeptical now of, of dentists out here. We've had several dentists and it feels like so often they're trying to sell you like cosmetic stuff and they just, yeah. it just feels very much like what else can they sell me? And I, it's, it's just given me this, like, it just kind of puts me on the defensive and makes me feel so skeptical I whenever like I'm dentistry there. Dentistry is this weird thing. Like she, she did show me a picture and it was very clearly cavity-like. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess I don't know what I'm looking at except for big black blotches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel any pain there or anything like that, right. but she was like, this is definitely very, 
very definitely a cavity and it has to be handled. It only gets worse. And if it get where it was is like near the gum line. So <sighs> if it gets worse, it goes to root canal. Yeah. That was kind of all I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. But the dentist is this weird place. Like actually, if you've been paying attention to the news, mm-hmm. a few things have come out. I've been sharing these articles with you. One is on x-rays mm-hmm. and how you don't need to be getting x-rays oh, certainly yeah. every six months or even every year necessarily right. unless you have problems. Mm-hmm. So I turned my x-ray down. Good. So maybe she gave me a filling just to get back at me. See? I don't know. Um, but then the other thing, and actually check this if you have young kids, because they don't even necessarily need x-rays for a while. Hmm. So that's new stuff. But then there's also this whole thing on flossing. Did oh, you see this? yes. Well, I've I've heard mention of this, but I haven't spent any time listening to anything about it. They were up in arms at Dr. Cho's office. So, were they? Yeah. <laughs> Very unhappy with the news. Um, and I am too. I think it's actually, I think it's... Poor science communication is, I think, mm-hmm. what's happening. But anyway, no need to stop flossing. Point being, though, we spent a lot of cash today on my dumb mouth. On your dumb mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have a lovely mouth. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I also feel like that was very money-related, and we were talking about life lately. Did um, you misput that in a category? Sorry about that. Well, anyway, we have a lot of money-related topics. Yeah, so this. let's just go to money. Uh, all right, let's just go to money. Okay, we also had our foundation inspection today, which our much anticipated foundation inspection. Which I was looking forward to much more just to, you know, have something definitive to know about our house. But then after $700 spent, I was not excited for the potentially $450 we were going to spend on the inspection. Right. All in one day, $1,150. I know, it's hard. Well, uh, the guy came over, we found somebody independent who came over, had mm-hmm. great credentials. He's, a, he's got a PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what he does for a living. And we did this because we have various cracks throughout our house that mm-hmm. are relatively recent. That On are the walls, bit, in the yeah. floors, yeah. in the grout of our tile. And all slightly more severe than the random sort yeah. of settling cracks we've had in the past. So we right. just wanted to check it out. Mm-hmm. Usually people do this when they're like going to sell their house and an inspection happens and the inspector says, this is concerning. You better get it checked out. Mm-hmm. And then a guy like this comes over and gives you a certified report. Mm-hmm. In this case, he was willing to come over and for $300 do an inspection, sort of verbal, unofficial um, and if we ever needed a certified report, like if we were going to sell this house in the future mm-hmm. for another 150, we could get that report from okay. him. Okay. Felt good. Yeah. So we spent the $300. He walked around. He looked at everything and took pictures of things and said, I'm not too worried. These all look like, you know, sort of the expansive soils we have in Arizona, the, mm-hmm. the results of that. But the load bearing parts of our foundation, he said, are fine. Woohoo. Yeah. So good that's good news. news. Yeah. Very good news. So despite spending a lot of money, that's very good news. And the only fix we probably should do is get some gutters mm-hmm. that go across our house to send water during our, the monsoon season away from the house because that water contributes to the expanding right. and contracting of soil. Yeah, we only get about our average rainfall per year is a little over seven inches in the Phoenix area, <laughs> which will sound crazy to most people. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's why they just, it's, they seem to not build houses here standard with gutters. So, I mean, just no houses in our neighborhood have gutters, or I think it's all, you know, you have to like elect extra to get those. So, so we don't have gutters. So hopefully getting this will shoot any of the rainwater that we do get away from the house and help with that. So, and that's the problem actually in other areas of the country where there is lots of rain, if there's like consistent on off on off, that's fine because that keeps things relatively the same. But in places where it's super dry, then all of a sudden there's a glut of precipitation. That's, that's the issue. Gotcha. 
So I think we're good. We'll yeah. have to see how much gutters cost, but hopefully that'll mm-hmm. be a minor fix to the house and we can move right. on with our lives. So I am just interested. I want you to follow up with him. He, you did not ask the question about one day when we get new floors, if there's anything we need to do. I didn't ask the question because I did not consider it relevant <laughs> for the next few years. So but maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> well, for that $300, he'll be on call to us so we can ask him these various questions when the time Great. comes. Great. <laughs> when the time comes. <laughs> um, okay. And we also have um, a very exciting update about our mortgage interest rate. So last week on Tuesday, I'm just sitting at work and I can get text messages on my computer. So I'm sitting <laughs> at work and all of a sudden I start getting these text messages from Chris looking into refinancing our house, says we can get 2.875. Like I'm on the phone with Arizona Credit Union. I'm going to be sending you some paperwork and just all of a sudden the texts are flying. (laughs) I think I I actually start out like I was texting you about something else. I'm like, oh, by the way, we're going to refire our house today. Are you (laughs) cool with that? (laughs) Um, And so tell me, how did you even get this idea? Because we refinanced our house about two and a half years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. A little over. Yeah. Something like that. Two and a half years ago. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and usually. And say what interest rate and mortgage we had. Yeah. So the history is we had, I think we started out like five and a quarter. Yeah. And then we refied two years ago, a little over, uh, to uh, 4%. And a 20-year mortgage. Uh, yeah. So we had the, the standard 30. Fixed 30 year mm-hmm. at five and a quarter, dropped it to four years at, I'm sorry, 20 years at 4% mm-hmm. and cut out a huge amount of interest. Maybe at some point I should have had the numbers. Mm-hmm. Actually, I do have the numbers. Uh, plus we were able to, with that, uh, the first refinance, we were able to drop um, PMI, the mortgage um, the mortgage interest that you have to pay um, when you still owe a certain, a certain amount on your loan or... Um, and so that was, that was a big savings too. And that's just... Paying mortgage insurance is just a very annoying cost. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure that from the bank's perspective, it it makes sense, but but it's a very annoying, just extra, you know, whatever it is, 20, 80 bucks a payment that you're just paying that's not going towards anything. It's just like an extra fee. So Yeah, yeah. So that was a big deal. And that plus the savings that we we're having on our payments because it was such a big drop in the interest rate, mm-hmm. um, we ended up adding... $220 extra principal each month right. to our payments. And we knocked off over $65,000 of the interest we would have paid That's had we crazy. gone the 30 years. So That's it was a crazy. huge, it was just so awesome. We got rid of PMI, dropped mm-hmm. our, it was awesome all the way around. But usually when you do that, um, that was already dropping it to four and that's like an incredibly mm-hmm. good rate. Usually you have to wait a while before you start seeing those savings. And in this case, it was going to be about 20 months. Well, it's been about... 28 or nine months and we are already into that savings mode from the last one Mm -hmm. the thing is with brexit again and Mm -hmm. other global issues you might have heard about brexit here first on (laughs) matrimony (laughs) podcast everyone bringing you the up-to-date financial news every other week (laughs) when when the world goes crazy take advantage and invest your money man it's (laughs) awesome um, but yeah, interest rates have plummeted again. And so I actually looked Why this up. Why is it this time? Just, just from Brexit? Yeah, what Brexit, okay. China, instability, whatever. China. You just know. throw that in there. Do UK, you know, Do you know China. what you're talking about? <laughs> just throw in China anytime you're talking something global. You know, China. 
So yeah, interest rates were down at like 2.875%, actually slightly up from like 2.7 a week earlier. The lowest in history is like 25 to 2.56%. Like, and when was that? Do you even know? 2013. Oh, that's historic <laughs> low. Yeah. But from yeah. 2013? Yeah. Oh, I well, I mean, you know, like... prior to that, the, like the worst... I see. You know, financial times in the U.S. were the was the actual depression. So, mm. so yeah. Um, so we were gonna. Uh, so okay, the story was I was sitting there at at work looking at the Washington Post, <laughs> and I came across this article, and the title was something like, "Can you refinance your house too much?" Mm-hmm. Because I'm interested in these things, I started reading it, and then it just got me thinking. Oh, maybe I'll. Oh, and it mentioned something about again historic lows. So I thought mm-hmm. I'd just take a look. Popped onto our credit union's calculator, mm-hmm. saw that it was two point eight seven five percent for a fifteen year loan, and I'm like, oh, what that? What would our like monthly rate look like right. if we did that? Crunched all the numbers, and it was crazy. It was like our monthly payment would go up by f- maybe forty bucks, mm-hmm. so nominal. Um, our principal that we'd be paying would go up like three hundred dollars or something, oh two to three hundred dollars more. Um, we'd be able to drop our interest rate a huge amount and and chop off another third of the potential total interest we had left paying on our loans till mm-hmm. the you know to term, knock off a third of that like twenty five thousand dollars. So I like I, I ran a spreadsheet, I sent it to you. I'm like mm-hmm. we've we need to do this. Yeah. So I was immediately calling a credit union, got it set up, and our... you were emailing me paperwork. I was printing it out, and then yeah. I ran downstairs when you came to pick me up. I had you sign it so we could fax it. <laughs> it was yeah. great. So within. Eight to nine hours, we mm-hmm. went from not even considering a refinance to mm-hmm. getting it done. Yeah. And I think that this just, I mean, I i don't think we're going to be able to drop our, we probably, I can't imagine a situation where, where we would refinance again. I just can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, unless interest rates are in the 1%. But um, so even though we probably won't do this again, this is just a lesson to me that when you're carrying a mortgage, look into refinancing periodically because I guess it's really not, I mean, we're saving all this interest. It's it, I guess it's just not, it's not in the bank's interest to, for you to refinance because you're saving money, you're paying them less interest. So they're not sending you automated emails. Hey, interest rates are lower than they've ever been. Have you considered refinancing? I don't think that there's anyone, unless you're really paying attention and watching this, um, no, no one comes along and, and suggests it to you. And there's yeah. all these, all the savings to be had, all this extra principal that you could be paying. Um, and it just, it aggravates me that that's not, that you have to, I don't know, like be so proactive about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy that that's the case, but I mean, I mean, they do, there is some interest on the part of banks. Like when they refinance you, you know, there's closing costs, so they'll make all the money off Right, of but it's stuff. not all the interest that you'd be paying for years and years. Yeah, so there's just unless you're kind of on top of it, it can it could easily have passed us by. Mm-hmm. And had it passed us by, okay, so the the comparison is currently 4%, we're dropping to 2.875. We had 17 and a half years left on our current loan, we'll drop it to 15, so we'll shave two and a half years off, they just disappear. Mm-hmm. Um our current P&I principal and interest is about 1045. It'll go up to about 1085 or 1090, mm-hmm. so there's a jump there. Um the closing costs will be something like twenty eight hundred dollars. That's the current good. estimate. Yeah, so that's not too bad. Um, we'll actually have this paid off. So the the closing costs get rolled into the loan. Mm-hmm. We'll have that paid off by December twenty seventeen. So in like 
15 months or so, mm-hmm. we'll have it knocked out, which is, that's an amazing turnaround mm-hmm. to start getting into the savings and all of yeah. that. The total interest we would have paid, $61,500. The interest we will pay with this refinance, thirty-seven. Oh my gosh. Isn't that awesome? That actually feels like a reasonable number, <laughs> like in a reasonable <laughs> amount of interest to pay. Yeah. I was texting so many people that I know that just own their homes and just saying, hey, if you haven't considered refinancing, you've got to look into this. I just felt like it was my moral duty knowing that it was just on a whim that we found out about this to just, yeah. you know, just normally not thinking about it. You have your mortgage payment automated. You just, you don't think about maintenance yeah. for it. So, so, so a couple of rules of thumb I saw as I was kind of investigating this, that usually, and you, you know, you'll run, you'll run your own numbers, but a couple of things to keep in mind would be one, um, if you can pay off the closing costs, the refinance, like the charge mm-hmm. for doing it within two years, that's probably pretty good because, you know, that's a reasonable amount of time where you probably won't move in that time right. or you should expect not to, right. like, otherwise you shouldn't really consider this. And two, you ought to be able to drop your rate by at least a point. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, that will keep it within a reasonable time frame of paying it off. Mm-hmm. So those are things to keep in mind, but the rates are still low. So if you're thinking about it, it's yeah, worth, it's worth looking into yeah, run those numbers. All right. Okay. Let's move on to our listener questions. We have a few today. So, okay, we have a question about student loans. Um, Meg was asking um, what the status of Chris's student loans are and how paying for student loans fits into our budget and our approach for paying the loans. Because she was saying that... um, kind of that they're thinking a lot about student loans, but they're feeling like they might need to pay off student loans before they start thinking about investing, like the way that we're investing money. So she was interested about our process and our approach to this and why we're choosing to invest, save more money rather than tackle our student loans. Yeah. Good question. So the quick recap is we both had student loans mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. One of the things that actually I think spurred us to do this. Yeah. Was, just, just our whole kind of financial makeover. Yeah. Was to knock out your student loans. And yes. you, at the time, a couple of years ago now, you had about 35000 That's crazy. With an interest rate, something like 6 or 7%, I think it was. Yeah. I think I finished graduate school in 2008 and had about $40,000 of student loan debt from, from just two years of graduate school. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Yikes. a... Ivy League. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> Moving on. Um, so, but we decided that was too high an interest rate, yep. and that was our high, highest interest rate loan. And Did you say what it was? Something like seven percent. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so, within a year's time, we tackled it with everything we had and knocked it out entirely. So it, di- it disappeared. It went this away. This was when we just had Dash. Yeah. Right. We didn't have Cedric yet, so we had significantly less daycare costs. Mm-hmm. And so at the time, I mean, we didn't, we didn't just have $35,000 just sitting around, mm-hmm. but it was, um, just, we made the decision and we like, yeah, we kind of found that money because we were making similar to income that we were making now, but we weren't, we were paying half the daycare costs. And so that was some of it. Yeah. And so we really, we actually, I pulled some investments I had in like penny stocks and things mm-hmm. And we really, sh- we didn't shut down our savings, but we really curtailed it to move all that extra money yeah. into. We weren't off your saving um, big chunks of money to save up for our mortgage. So right now we're saving like our goal is like fifteen hundred dollars a month into mm-hmm. our investment account to save up for paying off our house or for having a big chunk of money. So, mm-hmm. so we weren't doing that. So, so that plus 
having that money that we weren't spending on daycare yet, um, yeah. plus maybe pulling some other money that we did have sitting around. Certainly wasn't thousands and thousands, but yeah. So during that time, we weren't we really weren't actively investing. We were mm-hmm. let's knock out that loan. Mm-hmm. That's what it was all about. After that, that's the uh, the second part of our makeover was now. What can we do now that we have opened up that money mm-hmm. and we're making more money and all, you know these sorts of things? I think I was paying like three. 20 or 370 a month. You were you're paying closer to like 5 cuz you paid two payments, didn't you? Um no, I think the total payment was like like all together was hmm. 370 something. Okay. So, considerable. Yeah. Um that's when we shifted gears and said, "Okay, let's start putting money into the Vanguard account mm-hmm. and start saving up and we developed this 5-year plan to possibly pay off our house yeah. and all of those things we talked about in past episodes." Um but I have a much higher amount of loans. I have, mm-hmm. you know, 64-ish thousand dollars. Which, as we talked about, it grows. Every time you bring the amount up, it seems to have <laughs> have grown instead of diminished. Well, every time it just sounds like a big, it is a big <laughs> number to me. It is a big me. number. Um, that loan is uh, consolidated at 3%. Mm-hmm. So flat rate of 3%. And I've been paying But roughly... now it's not our lowest interest rate. Our <laughs> house <true>. is. That's <laughs> true. That's true. That's our now our highest interest rate since that's our only other loan. Um, but yeah, so I've been paying about $200 a month towards that, which is why it never shrinks because it's the principal is right. probably like 20 bucks a month. It's yeah. not doing anything, which right. I don't know how they're letting me pay that little, um, but I have been. So it really hasn't shrunk very much, um, and, but the, the rate per month has been low. Mm-hmm. So we looked at that and thought about, okay, do we pay that thing off? Mm-hmm. Um, and which then is going to take savings. a lot. Yeah, that to would pay take. It off. You know, we're I guess we're almost halfway there with what we've saved so far, but that's a year and a half of savings. Right. So we could do that, um, but it doesn't really impact us significantly financially mm-hmm. each month. So much so that we like we can easily save the amount, not easily, but we save as much as we want to save, pretty much per month. And uh, we're and we're getting a better interest rate on that money being invested mm-hmm. versus paying off this money that is mm-hmm. sitting at. A 3% interest rate. Yeah, that's true. Um, especially this, you know, we've, we've seen some market gains recently. So yeah, that, so 3% is sort of hard to um, to feel like we ought to knock that out. Yeah, that we doesn't... should prioritize. Yeah, we did get fortunate that, that Chris's student loans, you were able to consolidate them back when they were still Way low, looking yeah. um, benevolently upon students and not trying to saddle them with these, you know, just huge interest rates and, yeah. and all these things. I... I do hope that in the United States anyway, that some some help for student loan debt, it will be something that we will address in the next the next few years. I, yeah. I hope that that'll be something that gets better. So anyway, yeah, so that's why we are yeah choosing to save and invest and not tackle Chris's student loans. And uh, I think we gave an update. Chris did apply for student loan forgiveness through mm-hmm. the um, public service, public service um, program. Um, and we're still waiting for the official word. Yeah. Right. But not looking good, but it's not looking but. good. We're pretty sure that his payments have been too low to have qualified. Yeah. And so we'll have to consider, will we get you on one of those plans where you will start qualifying and then they would be, you'd make higher payments for the next 10 years and yeah. then, but then after 10 years, it would be, the rest would be forgiven. Yeah. And that would probably be significant. We'll need to kind of crunch the numbers on that maybe. Yeah, there'll be a decision to make there. I think the like the kind of the take home with this is is one thing we've been really trying to do is maximize cash flow because yeah. we are really about current flexibility as well as long-term savings and it doesn't really impact our cash flow 
significantly, but it would take some serious savings to knock it out. Right. And so the the justification for us, just in terms of our flexibility and our needs mm-hmm. right now, it's not yeah. there. But that totally could be different for someone else. If you are oh, yeah. paying hundreds of dollars, um, that could, I mean, and, and you feel like that is really impacting your ability to being able to do other things. It could mm-hmm. be really worth buckling down and just attacking those for the next couple, few years. Yeah. So like the, your 35K that right. you had left, you were paying 300 plus. Mm-hmm. That was a different story. You know, mm-hmm. we're still down at like 200. It's not much difference, but it was sort of enough right. for us to consider. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's where it sits. Okay. Uh, Speaking of where things sit. <laughs> no, you've missed, you've missed another one. See, um, that was a great segue. <laughs> there is another question about charitable giving. Um, and how how we approach charitable giving and if that's part of our budget. So let's talk about that. We don't give anybody anything. It is. We do. But it is a teeny tiny part yeah. of our budget. So we've done very small things. I mean, um, I think we're talking on the order of $15 a month. Well, okay. What does that go to? We have, I think we might still have a $10 automatic debit to NPR. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I definitely support them. I'm mm-hmm. not listening to them at all anymore. No. But I do appreciate supporting them. But uh, And then I also support a favorite podcast, Spilled Milk, at mm-hmm. $5 a month. Mm-hmm. And that is all. And, well, up to, the, up to this year, we did both contribute to United Way. That's right, through, through our a, paychecks. Yeah, but that was probably 50 or 100 bucks per person. Per year. Per year, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was like five month. or $10 coming out of each paycheck. Yeah. So it wasn't very much. Um, and that, yeah, that truly is in terms of like automated or otherwise, that's really mm-hmm. it. And I will say, I mean, here or there throughout the year when there's, you know, a, a cause or someone reaches out, we'll make spot spot donations here or there. But, yeah. but we really don't have a very um, otherwise organized or structured approach. And it, it does not represent a significant part of our budget right now. Yeah. So thinking about it, I do kind of feel bad. I haven't, I haven't actually put much thought into it Mm -hmm. and I guess it's because I'm really dialed into our own family. Right. (laughs) And that's very selfish. Yeah, we are. We're being incredibly selfish, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think we recognize it. I mean, I guess I'm not saying that that makes it totally okay. I will say after reading, um, if if anyone else is thinking about how you want to approach charitable giving, I mentioned it before, but the book by Peter Singer, The Most Good You Can Do, I thought was very powerful and very insightful and mm-hmm. just talked about, it even gave specific examples of organizations that are, you know, by his criteria, which he's very transparent about making the most good impact in the Mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. And I think when I did read that, I was thinking actually would be interested in changing our NPR contribution to, you know, there was something like, um, organizations in Africa and other places where Mm -hmm. they give out mosquito nets. Mm -hmm. Those are incredibly cheap. And so for your small donation, several mosquito nets can be distributed, but, and those, definitively save lives. Yeah. Like it's a very easy, very cheap thing to do that definitively makes people's lives better. Yeah. Um, and they just have some other examples of things like that. Yeah. He's all about practical philosophy. So mm-hmm. it's really about like how you apply ethics in a truly practical, impactful mm-hmm. way. I think that's a really good way to approach it. Cause I mean, we've done other things, you know, mm-hmm. but it's all one off. It's not like, 
We right. haven't automated anything recently, mm-hmm. and we haven't directed it towards what we think would be the most impactful thing. Right. I could get on board with that. We, I mean, I'd be yeah. happy to. Think maybe about, we should. Maybe we should reevaluate. It's you know not even reevaluate. It's just evaluate. We've right. just sort of done mm-hmm. random little things. Right. So it's worth doing because. Yeah. We're otherwise very generous in giving people in our community and, and yeah, with our neighbors. Yeah, t- with our time, but it's, so it's, far maybe not with our money. Well, see, I disagree because like just the other day, you bought groceries for our neighbor who's oh, been really true. busy um, with a new baby and they, they work, but they both work full time. And so they've had a really hard mm-hmm. time and you just went out and bought them groceries and yeah. delivered them. I mean, that's that's a very thoughtful yes, And true. nobody asked you to do that. That was a very giving thing. And that was probably a fair amount of money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... We do these little, like a couple Christmases ago, every year my nutrition program coordinates getting gifts for low-income families. Mm-hmm. I bought an iPad, iPod rather yeah. for a... Oh yeah, we did that last Christmas know? too, just the two of us. We bought for... Yeah. yeah. So we do those things, That's you know. true. It's just we haven't, I think, decided here's the most practical, impactful thing. Right. Let's automate, you know, mm-hmm. money towards that. Yeah. So maybe that's our next step. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're selling ourselves short. I think we do do stuff. It's just sort of... Because it's not every month, we don't right. think about it. Yeah, and and right, and some things like that are just for for members of our community or people that we know. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, maybe some people wouldn't count that as charitable giving, but it is it is something that you you see the direct impact mm-hmm. impact of, or you specifically know that someone has a very specific need, and yep. if you can fill it, then even if you know maybe on the grand scheme of things they're not the most deserving in in terms of like they're not without without food, without water, without a home, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. But still, it does feel good to make a difference yeah. where it can like that. So, yeah. all right. But yeah, that's a conversation I'd love to have with you. Cool. Okay. Finally, I'm sorry I ruined your earlier segue. It was so awesome. I know. I'm so sorry. Sarah wanted to know, how's that bidet working out? The bidet is awesome. We have it on one of our toilets of the two that we have. And uh, for 30 or $35 super cheap. You can install this really easily and it's very efficient and really easy to use. And, um, yeah. So describe our system. Like how does it work if you're using a bidet? Well, you can install it on your toilet and you can still use your toilet in the same way as before. If you want to, mm-hmm. it's just this attachment that has a wand that shoots water in the appropriate spot. And it's a little dial mm-hmm. <laughs> to tell you like, you know, to, to, go harder or lighter, you know, depending on what you need, I suppose. <laughs> and also for placement of the water stream, like there is a, on one end of the dial says women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can make that adjustment. Have you ever used the women setting? Uh, the only woman, on accident. The woman setting. <laughs> <laughs> it's useless other than is, to shock you. Is that like um, uh, bidet courtesy, the way that toilet courtesy is leaving the seat down? Should I always make sure I don't leave the bidet in the woman setting? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> You know, actually, you probably use it yeah, like way more often than I do, more. so I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I've written a, a post about this, and I'll try to link to it in the show notes, but it's really easy to install, very easy to use. You just have to have to have something around to pat yourself off once you're clean. And Which we have, could be toilet paper. Yeah, could be that. We have reusable wipes that we use, um, or both when, you know, they're not available. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's really, it's it's one of these things that people feel is so taboo and it's so ingrained in our, our culture that mm-hmm. we use toilet paper that it just seems almost insane to mm-hmm. approach and a that, different way to do it. As if that's the best 
that yeah. must be the best solution. Yeah. It's also, this is, I always say this in my class because I'll talk about this when I talk about excess in my class because we do use wild amounts of paper uh, <laughs> in terms of toilet paper. But basically many places around the world use bidets. Mm-hmm. When people get dirty in any way, your hands, your hair, your body, you usually use water to clean yourself off. But right. in America, we've decided the most elegant thing to do is crumple up a bunch of coarse paper and wipe the one of the most sensitive spots yeah. on our body and then, you know, and that's like the refined way to do this. Yeah. Like what if, in, imagine instead of washing your hands to eat or prepare food, you just went to the sink, got a big crumple of paper towels and just wiped your hands really hard. Mm-hmm. Would you feel that your hands were clean <laughs> and ready to prepare food? I wouldn't. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I love it. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I can't remember how skeptical I was when you first installed. I think I was like, okay, fine. I'll try it. You know, I w- I'm not sure what I'll think. I, yeah, you on board. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. It, you feel so clean, feel so refreshed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just feels really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm searching for more things to say about it. It's a very right. simple device, very simple to use. It's, it's cheap. Yeah. It's cheap. It's easier. And so people may be wondering in terms of like the sustainability argument because mm-hmm. it uses water. Right. It's way, way less water than the water required to produce toilet paper. There you go. The, if you don't use recycled toilet paper, then you are using virgin wood. So new, you know, trees that have never been cut down before are being cut down for your toilet paper. Um, and the amount of energy required to produce all the toilet paper Americans use in one year could power the world for one day. 17.3 terawatts. Whoa. So, it, I mean, that's just sort of disgusting, mm-hmm. actually, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it's well worth it from an environmental perspective. It'll save you money because you don't buy toilet paper mm-hmm. or don't have to. Right. You can um, definitely definitely cut down. We haven't tracked, actually, you know, I can't really remember how often we were buying toilet paper before. Mm-hmm. And it definitely is is less Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, and sometimes I'm just so in the habit of using toilet paper, I'll sometimes forget to use a, a cloth wipe, but mm-hmm. I, we could we could do a better job or just, you know, do a better job of just not stocking toilet paper in our bathroom, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I think we'll go ahead and get another one for our other toilet, too. Yeah. Got to show Dash how to use it one of these days. Yeah. That'll be exciting. So my favorite thing about this, though, is that I've talked to so many people now who have either heard us talk about it on the podcast or read my blog uh, or heard me talk about it like in my public mm-hmm. lectures and things and have converted to bidets. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. You're a bidet evangelist. I am. I love it. Okay, let's move on to one big thing. Okay, my big thing is that I have officially started planning for Christmas <laughs> and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Christmas season. But it honestly just, it stresses me out. There are so many things to do. The weeks get so busy. Mm-hmm. I think that you often, we think about the Christmas season as starting after uh, Thanksgiving. But then actually after that, there's already Christmas parties scheduled and it just already feels too busy. Um, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like there's really enough time to buy gifts and especially if you need to ship anything to family and friends that are elsewhere. So, um, yeah, I started by making a spreadsheet listing everyone that we need to buy for and even listing some gift ideas. And I also think that if we start now, um, and kind of buy things along the way, then maybe we won't have this huge 
expense in December. Yeah. I mean, it'll still be the same amount of money, but I don't know. Maybe it's better to kind of spread it out over a few months than let it hit all at once. I think so. That would be great. So I'm totally on board with this. You're, I'm, I'm not a good planner. You're an excellent planner. So I support you. <laughs> so my one big thing, actually, I wasn't thinking about the refinance and how that all happened in one day when yeah. I wrote this down, but our decision-making and I was, I wrote how our decision making is awesome. And I think it, it suggests how in sync we are because the example that I had um, is just, was it just yesterday? It was yes. just yesterday. Feels like a long time ago. So we had had two couches in our great room and two Ikea chairs. And one couch is a good couch from Crate and Barrel, like a mm-hmm. nice, nicer one that we've had now for seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, we had two Ikea chairs that we bought around the same time mm-hmm. that were sort of, you know, low cost, cheapish. Yeah. And, and not very comfortable. No, they ended up not honestly. being great. And then one couch that was actually broken, like uh-huh. a loose spring, whatever, from my parents. I, I handed it down from your parents. Yeah, they gave it to us. And that made up the furniture in our great room. We decided that uh, we didn't like the layout. And... That morning, we said, okay, let's get rid of the Ikea chairs. Let's get rid of the broken couch. We'll keep the one couch. It'll open up the space. We'll eventually get a couple other chairs to go in there. By that afternoon, we had sold the two Ikea chairs on Craigslist for 80 bucks, mm-hmm. and had my parents over. They were coming over for a family gathering anyway, hauled away the chair or the mm-hmm. couch to be donated. And just like that, in fewer than and eight or nine it, hours, our room is reorganized. I, but I think you didn't convey how spontaneous it was i mean it wasn't like we had kind of talked about eh, this layout isn't the best mm-hmm. and this furniture isn't our favorite but it was just on sunday morning on a total whim mm-hmm. and i don't even know why i think i was kind of saying hey you know eventually it might be nice if the couch is there you know and then i think you were saying well we could just try it or i, I don't know but it wasn't like we hadn't decided to do any of that mm-hmm. we just kind of started rearranging furniture and then it turned out that once we put the couch in a different place the other stuff just didn't work and then we just thought okay let's just get rid of it Mm -hmm. and then it was done yeah so just like that just like the refi i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) so when we make decisions we move fast now our dilemma though is we eventually need to get those two chairs but here's the thing do we need to get chairs that we want and like Mm -hmm. but also that we're happy sacrificing to the wildness that is our children. Yeah. I mean, it's inevitable that they're going to run over with messy face, messy hands. And I definitely want, I want a house that can be lived in, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to get too stressed out. I mean, we do encourage and try to enforce good table manners and being respectful of our furniture and things, but we have very young boys. So, you know, these things are just going to happen. I don't want to be... Cedric loves to like run from the, their little yes. toddler table with his mouth full of goopy oh, oatmeal yes. and shoot over to the couch. <laughs> Just and flop on the couch. He uses his little stomach like a fulcrum <laughs> and like pops onto the couch and, and like slides Flops over like itself. a little teeter-totter and then his messy little face is smushing yes. oatmeal all into our yep. couch. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't love the idea of buying like interim furniture of like buying things that we know we're going to get rid of, but then... I don't know. So I think maybe kind of kind of a kind of a mid to low grade that that we like, but mm-hmm. if after 7 years they are stained and destroyed, you know, we'll be it's okay. Yeah. Listener recommendations are requested. 
All right. So I think that's about it. We love getting your emails at highmatrimony at gmail.com and check out the show notes for this episode and all the episodes at loveandmatrimony.com and find us on Instagram. I am Kels, K-E-L-S Wharton, W-H-A-R-T-O-N. And Chris is practically awesome. Chris. Use a bidet, save the world and love your honey, not your money. Just because you sit down at the microphone and start talking into it doesn't mean that it's recording.